You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. What's going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of bleedinggreennation.com. We're going to try to speed through an episode here, uh, just detailing the first day of media-attended Philadelphia Eagles training camp. Brandon, how goes it, my friend? Jimmy, it is, gl- it is great to be back at the practice field at the NovaCare Complex. It was great to see you, obviously, and Thanks, the friend. team. It was. I mean, I didn't get to talk to you, obviously. I'm, I'm just trying to keep my distance from everyone. Right. But yeah, Jimmy, obviously, you know, BGN Radio here, this special, and we'll be doing these when we can, or we'll figure out the schedule, you know, after practices. And as you know, BGN Radio is brought to you by Rightisfell and Crafter. And you can get the same meat snacks that the Eagles do. You can just go to rightisfell.com and use discount code BGN15 at checkout for 15% off orders of $50 or more. Uh, Jimmy, where do you want to start? Uh, well, I guess, first of all, it's different there clearly i mean like there's no normally there'd be like a ton of fans how many fans would you say are there on a typical day like 300 something somewhere yeah. around there so yeah. there are no fans there's no security as a result it's really just uh that's a great thing by the way <laughs> yeah no the the uh the phone police i'm mm. glad to not have to deal with them anymore we're like we'd have our phone out like taking notes or whatever and uh at a certain point during practice they cut off uh photography which uh, is fine, but like they cut they cut that off at some point. So if you have your phone out, the security guards are like all over you. But they don't they can't differentiate really between the fans and you know the media people who are there every day and like know all the rules already and everything. So like we're not taking pictures of things; we're just kind of typing notes in our phone or tweeting or whatever. So we don't have to deal with them this year, which is nice. <laughs> but uh, uh, I kind of like the fan element. I feel like some of the mm. other uh, snobby reporters don't like having the fans there. But uh, I kind of like that aspect of it because I just, you know, I chat some of those people up sometimes, um, kind of get their thoughts on what they see and that kind of stuff. And but like, it's, it's certainly roomier <laughs> than without without everyone there. What, what was your uh, the the other thing too is uh, you know we we had to like get temperature checks and that kind of stuff. And there's you know little dots uh, on the you know paint, spray painted onto the grass. Where like you know the where like they're, the dots are like six feet apart from from each other, so you got to stand on these dots uh, to watch practice. You get your temperature checked on the way in. What what was your temperature on the way in? Uh, I think ninety seven. Ninety seven even. I think. Wow, cold blooded. Hmm. Cold blooded. Say about me. <laughs> I was ninety seven nine. Mm. Uh, I came in right before Elliot. Elliot was uh, he was ninety eight three. I think so. Uh, None of us were. I, what, what was the normal thing? Like ninety eight point six usually. I think that's actually changed in recent. Like they don't use that as a standard anymore. But yeah, ninety seven. I was actually nervous, kind of walking up because it was hot out today. So like I'm, I'm like walking up to the to you know to 
the entryway. And I'm thinking, is my like temperature going to be elevated because it's hotter out? I didn't know. I don't know the science behind that. And I was actually a little bit relieved when it was only 97.9. Or because if you go over, what is it, 100.3 or something like that, mm-hmm. then you're just, you're just not getting in. And you might not be getting in for a while. All right, now that we've taken our own temperatures, Jimmy, <laughs> which is what people are here about, <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely here to listen about that. Well, um, there's news. There's news coming out of practice today. There's news. There's believe it or not, Jimmy. Can you believe this? Like <laughs> the Eagles, before they even have their first padded practice of training camp, already have two multiple. Not, I mean, two is already multiple, so that's redundant. They have two key defensive line injuries with. Derek Barnett yeah. with a lower body injury, and he's described as week to week, which is really never a great designation. Although, you know, the Eagles did, uh, what, temper this with that the team is being cautious with some of these guys to make sure they're ready for week one. And then you have Javon Hargrave, the team's big free agent signing with an upper body injury, and he is out multiple weeks, which seems multiple even worse than good. week to week. That's not good. In the team's vernacular, multiple weeks means basically his arm got chopped off. And it is an so, upper body. So that's that's possible that that happened. I'm exaggerating, of course, but it is. Uh, it it does that does mean that it's some sort of significant injury, and uh, they're two big injuries. I mean, they spent a lot of money on Hargrave, obviously, in the off season. He was one of their two, uh, you know, big acquisitions from the outside this off season. And then you know, Barnett has had sort of struggles staying healthy throughout his career, and uh, you know, there was a lot of talk about how. Okay, he's finally healthy, fully healthy, heading into a season, and not so much. So, like, it's uh, it's it's he's now heading into his fourth year. I think a lot of people sort of had him tabbed as a potential breakout candidate. I was one of them, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how long it takes for him to get back on the field. But as you noted, he's quote unquote week to week, so we're not going to see him for a little while. Yeah, that's not good. Also, JJ Arthiga Whiteside, day to day, he had the sleeve on his left leg, I believe, lower body. Um, you know, not the end of the world being listed day to day, but you know, you want to see him. Yeah, not see JJ out there healthy. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is not a good start to him. And then obviously Jason Peters too, uh, lower body day to day, which isn't you know maybe as big of a deal. You know, if he's lining up at left tackle still, but he's also like changing positions and he's not even getting reps there now. So any missed time he gets in an already shortened off season isn't again the end of the world. But like that's not great. All these injuries basically like aren't great. And then Duke Riley too was out with uh, an illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, not coronavirus is my understanding. In fact, the players are going to be noted like as illness, which, you know, isn't uncommon, but is sort of weird this year because yes. it's like, okay, well, what does that mean now? Uh, but it's not anything COVID related. He would have to go on the reserve slash COVID-19 list Correct. if he had yes, the coronavirus yes, yes, yes. or had been exposed. Um, yeah, so that's the the news up front. Jimmy, we actually get to watch, you know, practice. Eagles actually flying around and doing stuff. And, and we obviously both have notes up on bleedinggreennation.com for me and then Philly Voice for you. Uh, you let off with Miles Sanders, Jimmy. You've been yes. asking, like, players and coaches and whoever basically else about – Miles Sanders expanded role in the passing game, and then basically you you led your notes with that today. Yeah, so he lined up all over the field, as did um, Boston Scott today, which uh, did not come as a surprise in any way to me. Like I, I always kind of thought that they were going to expand his role in the passing game, uh, having him line up in the slot and on you know and out wide, and sort of create mismatches against you know opposing linebackers and safeties. And what it does also is it, it creates situations where defenses were going to play more zone against you. Or if they're going to play man, then you can expose those matchups against linebackers and and safeties and whatnot when you have uh, a receiver, or excuse me, a running back 
as dynamic as uh, Miles Sanders in the passing game. I mean, he had 50 catches last year for over 500 yards, three touchdowns, you know, pretty healthy 10 point something, you know, yards per catch, which is obviously a a pretty good number for a running back. And I think that you're going to see those numbers increase uh, potentially significantly uh, in 2020 if they play the full season. Um, And the next logical step for him is to sort of start lining up all over the place and run more of the route receiver, run more of the receiver tree uh, as opposed to just, you know, catching passes out of the backfield. Doug Peterson acknowledged that he was going to be doing more of that this year. Carson Wentz, uh, acknowledged that he was going to be doing more of that and that he thinks he can be a real weapon in that area uh, after he said that after practice today. So we saw some of that today. And uh, the Eagles really do have some depth in that regard in terms of receiver, in terms of running backs who can catch the ball to the backfield and Sanders, Boston Scott, and Corey Clement. And I think it's going to be a big part of their offense this year. I have reached the point, Jimmy, with Miles Sanders already where he's kind of like, I think you used to talk about Shady this way and that like Shady's first training camp before he kind of, you know, you knew who he was. Yeah. Like you were excited about him. And then, you know, there was, it was a lot to note with him, but you know, it's come to the point to me already, even though he's just in the second year, like I don't even like, I'm not even in this honed in on Miles Sanders. <laughs> right. I already know he's a good player. And I, right. when he does something good, it doesn't surprise me. I just expect that to happen. So, but I, I do like you noting that distinction. And I guess the things that I did notice on a different note are the rookies, the new guys, sure. obviously. Um, and they stood out a lot, I think. A lot of them in a good way yeah. in practice today. I, I led my notes off with Jalen Rager, who I thought was very active. He didn't have like that, you know, that deep bomb touchdown catch that we're probably going to see at some point and definitely need to see, want to see at some point. But uh, he had a couple catches over the middle on slants, which I thought looked good in terms of like Carson Wentz. And him being on the same page, like the timing was there, like that. Also, liked uh, seeing his burst after the catch. Jimmy, the Eagles were ranked 31st last year, by the way, according to the Football Outsiders Almanac in uh, yards after the catch. Oh, did they? Yeah, I mean that's not surprising, but not shocking. <laughs> that that's total, just all their receivers, or just from the wide receiver position. I forget exactly. I'd have to double check, but I, <clears throat> I mean, it makes sense, you know, because so Sanders they- and Scott did a good job getting yards after the catch. Like in the screen game and whatnot, so I would think now, see, maybe they maybe boost they ranked that like total eighth. a little bit. They ranked oh, they like did. eighth in like yards that they got after the catch passes, like near or behind the line of scrimmage. Okay, you know, this is talking just like down the field. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, well, that makes sense because yeah. Ertz has never been a yak guy. Goddard is a little bit, but other than that, I mean, those receivers were not making plays. You know, after they got the ball in their hands for sure. Rager also had a diving touchdown catch in the, that in the I right didn't side see. of the end zone. Yeah. You yeah. had that in your notes. I didn't have that in mine. They were down. They were like, for a big portion of the practice, they were like 80 yards away from, you know, the closest that we could get to them. So uh, it was it was difficult seeing exactly what was going Like Goddard had a highlight reel catch where he tipped it up to himself with one hand and grabbed it and was able to keep a knee inbounds. Uh, the Eagles actually tweeted a video of that. So I didn't really see that super well. And I didn't see the did – did you get a good view of the Rager touchdown? I mean, as much as I could. You know, again, limited view from where I was as well. Well, you're like 7 foot 10. So that is true. <laughs> you do have an advantage over everybody else there. That is true. And, uh, yeah, I just – I saw it pretty clearly. There weren't too many bodies except like when he went down with the catch and I couldn't tell who it was. But then I, I saw him go over to the sideline and it, okay. I was kind of standing next to like some other reporters who thought it might be Deontay Burnett, but I was pretty <laughs> sure it was it was Rieger, even though yeah, he's It's really hard to 13. see those numbers. 16 and 8. Burnett is 16. He fooled yes. me once. Like he was in the slot at one point. I'm like, oh, Rieger's in the slot. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Yep. That's, no, that's uh, 16, not 18. 
And it was a good throw from uh, Jalen Hurts, too, who I thought, you know, did some good things in this, his first day of practice. Obviously, his work is kind of limited. As yeah. Doug Peterson even said before practice that, you know, it's going to be about preparing Carson Wentz. And we, and we did see Carson Wentz, you know, take the majority of, uh, of the reps. And obviously, Nate Sudfeld is in as the number two. Didn't really notice anything too noteworthy on my end about Sudfeld. But Hurts, I thought, uh, he had that pass to Rager. Then he had another one to uh, John Hightower down the sideline where Hightower... Um, as you noted, just kind of beat Russell Douglas uh, off the line scrimmage and uh, just got behind him, roasted him. Great throw on the money. On that play, I happened to watch that route from start to finish. Like I saw uh, Hightower line up out wide and and uh, Razul was on him. And I just happened to watch that route from before the snap until, you know, completed or whatever. And Razul tried to jam him at the line and Hightower – did a good job avoiding the jam and just dusted him from that point. That's going to be sort of like the biggest challenge for guys like Hightower and Watkins heading into the NFL where they didn't face, you know, the level of competition and, you know, the, the level of like a uh, cornerback that can kind of get up in your face and, and get you off your route uh, early in the play. So their ability to beat press coverage is going to be, you know, kind of paramount in the level of success that, that they're going to have in the NFL. So that was good to see from him that he was able to, you know, beat uh, Razul's jam. And then, you know, as we've seen from a lot of players, <laughs> we've seen Razul getting beaten deep uh, plenty. So once he did beat him off the jam, he was able to, at that point, you know, just dust him and, and did not allow Razul to catch up to him. And uh, it was a big play down the field. I did not see who threw it. In fact, I watched them so closely on that play. I didn't even know who threw it. Like, I wasn't sure if it was Sudfeld. Uh, or Hurts on that. And so I, I kind of had that omitted in my notes. Yeah, it was Hurts. And um, I just thought Rager, getting back to him, who obviously he was used with the first team too. It was uh, Rager. So I guess that's what it is what's going to be, at least, you know, with, with JJ not here and, and Alshon Jeffrey obviously not here. I think it kind of is like Jalen Rager is the X receiver, Deshaun is your Z, and then Greg Ward is your starting slot receiver. And then obviously when the Eagles were in 12 personnel, they had uh, Rager and Deshaun split out wide. Um, and then the two tight ends. Sure. So uh, I, I just thought, you know, it's one day. You can't, you know, make everything out of it. But I thought Rager looked like, okay, I see it here. You know what I mean? There's, there's definitely something Gibson. here. Yeah. He, he's <laughs> not a, he's not like, like oh, my gosh. Like, what do they even see? Or, or and he wasn't <laughs> right. invisible. He needed, And that's what we said when we were talking about on the last BGN radio episode we did. is like, you kind of need to see something out of Mr. Rager. And he showed something. So I thought yeah, that was Yeah, came through on, on day one for sure. Um, why don't we take a break here, Jimmy, and then we'll go over to the defense more. Back after this. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back here on the second half of our BGN Radio training camp update, check-in, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Jimmy, defensively, what did you notice? Well, just uh, on sort of uh, house cleaning uh, depth chart stuff, um, no surprises there. The only, Obviously, Barnett and Hargrave were out. Uh, TJ Edwards was the first team linebacker. No surprise there whatsoever, obviously, because Duke Riley was out with the injury or not the injury, the illness. 
And then, you know, beyond them, you have guys like Alex Singleton and Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley. So uh, no surprise that TJ Edwards is in there with the first team. Avante Maddox, as expected, first team outside corner opposite Darius Slay. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, as expected, Nikel Roby Coleman was the slot oh, corner. you must pull to me. Josh Sweat uh, is your DE3. I think there were some people out there that were saying that uh, Vinny Curry would be the DE3. He filled in for Barnett with the first team. And then, of course, Malik Jackson filled in for Hargrave. So uh, no surprises in terms of, uh, you know, who was on the first team defense. Uh, defensively, in terms of, like, who stood out, I don't really have much there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was a 10-10-10 practice, to, to um, just to be clear. So in theory, those practices are typically very boring. Like, they're not, like, competition-oriented. But today was a little different. Like, there was definitely some competition going on out there today, and maybe it was because it was the first day in pads, which is weird to have a 10-10-10 day in pads, first of all. But it's also, like, the first day that the media is there. So I think maybe for the players that adds a little bit of juice. Uh, But uh, it was a 10-10-10 day, so that means, like, there isn't, like, a a whole lot of competition. One guy that I thought kind of, like, I didn't note him in my notes, but the one guy that I kind of, like, just happened to notice a bunch was Sean Bradley. Yeah. Like, he popped Goddard one time after Goddard caught a pass over the middle. Uh, he got into the backfield on one play, and he flushed uh, Wentz out of the pocket, who wound up connecting with, I want to say, with Greg Ward on a play. But he did kind of uh, show up to me. So that's another rookie uh, in addition to Rager and Hightower, who at least got noticed today. Yeah. I mean, defensively, I'd also add that uh, uh, Will Parks was your third safety in there. Okay. Um, obviously, you have Jalen Mills. As we expected in the old Malcolm Jenkins role, kind of noticed him shadowing tight ends like Malcolm Jenkins would. Um, obviously, Nathan Gary next to TJ Edwards there is the primary two linebackers. And uh, yeah, so just wanted to reiterate the Maddox thing too. Again, Maddox is, they weren't rotating even. And it's only the first day, but it wasn't like Sydney and Rizzo Douglas were mixing in there. And it's like this truly open competition. Like, no, Maddox was the, clear, <laughs> right. like, the guy there. Um, so just wanted to notice that. I guess that's really all I had on the defense. Defense. Getting back to a couple of things I wanted to mention on offense. Uh, Quez Watkins had two nice catches in the red zone. Um, I noticed him more than Hightower as a whole. Just like obviously Hightower had that one play, but I just felt like I was noticing Watkins more. And maybe he that was drop, because he had a drop today too. Um, he did have a drop. Yeah. So not just for which, good stuff. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Mean, whatever. You're gonna have drops as a rookie in your you know first day of pad in pads in camp. So the, no big deal. Uh, the backup running backs, Jimmy. I thought I saw some good things from them. Okay. Uh, I felt like Elijah Holyfield had did some nice things. He uh, juked the crap out of some guy in uh, like that special teams kick return drill they were kind of yes. doing there. And uh, he earned uh, Nate Gary. Now I'll take this for what it's worth. I mean, Nate Gary does know <laughs> about missed tackles. Um, did praise him for that. And he also broke off a bigger run where like a couple of defenders kind of bounced off him. And obviously they can't tackle him to the ground. But yeah. still, it was like legit, like kind of like broke through contact. Um, and I thought that was a nice moment. And, uh, yeah, so I, I would almost like already put him up for that kind of, that fourth running back spot kind of liked what I saw from him early on. And obviously it's the first time since he joined the team late last season. And then Corey Clement too had a, uh, he had a big run. I think you mentioned you, you'd seen him catch a pass or two. Boston Scott was really fired up by the way on that big run on okay. the sideline. So, and also this is one thing, maybe this is nothing, but I wanted to see if you noticed this. I saw Corey put like a pop on Darius Slay, kind of like when they were finishing okay. a run down the end of the field. And my head, I was like, hmm, 
I wonder, <laughs> you know, if they're kind of like, hey, Corey, you know, or, or to the team in general, like maybe like they kind of want to challenge Mr. Darius Slay a little bit there, even okay. though, I mean, he clearly feels like he can tackle, but, you know, maybe <laughs> kind of give him a little bit of physicality, kind of like, you know, wake him up a little bit. Yeah, I thought Clement looked good. Like, uh, you know, the big thing with him, obviously, has been, again, like like we said with Barnett earlier, has, has been health. And last year, he had a shoulder injury. He tried to play through it. And they, you know, they, the, he and the Eagles kind of came to the, to a mutual uh, conclusion, as I understand it, that it just wasn't getting better. So they shut him down for the year, but he ran really well today. So I kind of saw the same thing as you. And if he, it, like somebody said, he's back to the Super Bowl, Corey, Miles was that, Sanders was that, that Miles? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, if that's true. He wouldn't true, even know. He wasn't here. <laughs> that's true. Uh, but if, you know, but if he is kind of back to that guy. And you you add you know you mix him in with Sanders and uh, and Boston Scott, then they may really have something to that running back position. And then <clears throat> along the offensive line. Um, oh, sorry, one more thing on the running backs. Uh, yeah, did ahead. you know? Did you notice uh, Adrian Killens was I not did. with the running backs? He was practicing with the wide receivers today, which was hmm. kind of interesting. Okay, didn't really even see him get reps in team drills. Didn't or didn't notice it if he. He was know. he was in the slot on one play and. Uh, he ran a slot fade hmm. to the right, and Hertz threw it to him, and it actually looked like a pretty good ball, but it's just to a guy that doesn't know what he's doing. That's <laughs> a receiver, frankly. <laughs> so like he didn't like he didn't even locate the ball at any point, and it just fell incomplete. But uh, it, it is interesting that they have him there uh, as opposed to running back. If that's where they want to play him, he's got zero chance of making the roster. But uh, you know, it's, it, but it does show at least I think that they had a sort of a different view of him maybe that the rest of us kind of mm. did and, you know, could potentially be practice squad material. Uh, getting to the offensive line, and I kind of meant to mention this during the injury thing because uh, Andre Dillard and Jordan Mailata were like rotating. Or yeah. Mailata was like rotating in at one point. The explanation apparently is that Dillard is coming off some kind of day-to-day injury issue. Okay. And they kind of wanted to manage his workload there. But, uh, okay. I mean, you know, that's – I mean, it's not like they're – going to put my lot in contention for the starting job. Like, it's not that, but, but still, you know, like you don't want to see that. Like, I don't want to see, like t- we talked about like, you know, this kind of stuff going into camp. Like I, I, Andre Dillard needs to have like, a normal camp, you know, nothing weird, nothing like this <laughs> that fits like the vibe that, of the off season where like, we've heard this like undercurrent of unencouraging things about him. Like it should be, no, like he, he needs a good camp. So nothing weird, Andre. <laughs> don't want to see anything weird. Knock off the weirdness. <laughs> um, uh, the Mac Pryor was in at right guard with Jason Peters not practicing. No surprise there. Yep. Um, then the, the backup offensive line was Mylata at left tackle, Suo Peta at left guard, Luke Jariga. Yeah, a little surprise is, there, right? It, it's noteworthy, I think. Undrafted yeah. rookie free agent. He got the biggest signing bonus again, or the most guaranteed money, I should say, from all the Eagles undrafted rookie free agent signings. That's a pretty good sign. Nate Herbig was at right guard, and I have another Herbig point after this, um, and Jack Driscoll was right tackle. Uh, I can't Herbig wait to hear also, your Herbig point. Let's he, did you see this? He was lining up on the right side of Lane Johnson in a sixth offensive lineman set. Oh, I didn't notice that. Okay. Yeah. So, like, is he this? Remember when we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, and I was like, who's that sixth offensive lineman? Like, who do you think they put in there as, like, that almost, yeah. like, third tight end kind of, you know, quasi, like, like the offensive lineman um, reporting is eligible. Yeah, yeah. Like, Sam Isle did it for a little while when he lost his job to Wisniewski. Yep, Big um, B. Big B has it. done it. Dillard yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe it's Herbig. I don't know. Mm. Okay. It's interesting. Uh, and then the third string offensive line isn't, I don't know if we really need to go into <laughs> that, but you had, you, Driscoll was right tackle there too. Yes. 
Yeah, so we got a lot of reps today. Well, I guess not really because the second and third team didn't really get that many reps overall. I mean, we, like we kind of had like the idea that we kind we both kind of thought that like the Eagles are going to focus more on getting the team ready for Week One, um, which means more reps for the first team offense and first team defense and whatnot, as opposed to player evaluation, like back of the roster player player evaluation. That is, and that's what we saw today. Like Wentz and the first team offense got way more reps than everybody else. But uh, third-team op- offensive line, if you care, was Winogo, left tackle, Julian <laughs> Good-Jones. Uh, Herbie was back in at center on that third team. Casey Tucker at right guard. And as you mentioned, Jack Driscoll got the got some extra reps on the third team as well. So anything from you uh, from the quarterbacks? Like you said, I thought Hurt showed some potential, which is basically all I wanted to see out of him today. Uh, definitely looks like good, like running around. Like either whether that's taking off or behind the line of scrimmage and kind of scrambling, you know, it kind of looks like, uh, you know, like a Russell Wilson kind of, you know, not trying to say they're the same player, but that kind of, you know, like just very obviously mobile and kind of can just get out of trouble. Um, well, how like about like, Carson, how about like Wentz? Yeah. I mean, well, that's not important. I mean, why, why would that matter? <laughs> uh, I thought Carson looked good. I didn't really see too much wrong from me. He had the pass to, uh, uh, or that was almost picked off by Alex Singleton. Yes. But it's also a 10-10-10 day, like you said, and I don't know if like that's him trying to – because it looks like he forced the ball in there more than I guess he he would have, or at least I would think so. Well, I yeah. think the 10-10-10 days are really more geared toward helping the first first team uh, offense and defense. Like I don't think okay. the – I don't think the first team defense is sort of playing scout team for the, <laughs> True. For the second team defense. So if that was a bad throw. I think that was probably just a bad throw by him. But okay. uh, the news from him is like he's up to 250. Um, yes. Which he, I guess, Lane Johnson guessed he was up to two fifty on but he Sunday, look fat. and then Wentz acknowledged two fifty. Like when when we first saw him, like when the e- not when we saw him, but when the Eagles put out a video of like guys showing up to the North Care Complex a few weeks ago, and they showed him, like the general consensus like, when people were commenting on it was that he looked like jacked up as opposed to like fat. Right, so like, you know, Kelsey said he had uh he had a dad bod, and uh, I think Lane Johnson made a similar comment as well. And uh, Wentz talked today, and he said I'd have preferred if uh, Kelsey had said I added dad strength as opposed to a dad body. But but yeah, no, I don't think it's a matter of like Carson was sitting on the on the sofa eating Cheetos all off season. Like I think he, I mean, this is the first year to you know that it's since. 2017 that he's been healthy this like for an entire offseason really you know 2018 obviously he's re- he's recovering from the ACL 2019 he's recovering from the back injury and uh this year he's he was healthy and was able to hit the weights hard and he did and uh I think that's what you're seeing as opposed to you know him like having put on bad weight Andre Dillard looked a lot bigger too by the way do you think do you, do you agree with that I didn't specifically notice okay yeah, you know, he he looked significantly bigger to me because he looked kind of small to me last year, and uh, he did not look small to me this year. So we'll I don't know if that's I don't know if he put on twenty pounds of muscle, which is hard to do in one off season, or if there's uh, you know some bad weight there or a combo of the two. But uh, he did look he, like the the hype on that is true. Like he definitely added weight this off season, one way or the other. Do you have any final thoughts to me before we head out? Well, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors is mad at me right now because <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to go out and uh, get something to eat and have a couple beers. 
but mm-hmm. we recorded this podcast for the listeners. And that's, well, that's all good. I have, that's all I have to say about that. My final thought is I came. You mentioned Jack Driscoll, and I wanted to mention this that I read in the Football Outsiders Almanac, which um, I keep plugging here because I, I read it recently. <laughs> Jack Driscoll <laughs> is the only offensive lineman other than Andre Dillard that the Eagles have selected in the first five rounds of the four most recent drafts. You know, for a team that loves offensive line, I guess I didn't like actively realize that. So I just thought that was. Interesting. That makes know. sense, though. I mean, they're yeah. they they're stacked on their offensive line, I and mean, all like I mean, they have veterans, but they're mm-hmm. they're all very good. Like, and they rely able... on undrafted guys here too. Yes, you know that reminds me of like I don't mean to reference Friends, which I think is a okay ish show, but <laughs> wow, like... <laughs> controversial opinion at the last <laughs> moment. But it's like the episode where uh, Joey buys. Uh, just the V edition of an encyclopedia. Mm. And he keeps citing all these uh, things that begin with the letter V. Just like you keep citing all this random stuff from Football Outsiders. It's great, right? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's about all I had, Jimmy. Um, just obviously, reminding everyone that BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Phone Craft Jerky. And don't forget to use discount code BGN15 at checkout to get 15% off when you order $50 or more. We will be back sometime in the near future. Both Jimmy and I will be attending Eagles training camp practice on Tuesday, August 18th. For more notes and observations, you can obviously check out our website, bootinggreennation.com and phillyvoice.com. And follow us on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky for Jimmy and at Brandon Gowton for me. And follow BGN Radio on Twitter, too. Why not? At BGN underscore radio. And until next time. Goodbye, everybody. BGN. Claude 3 from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point of the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skill and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.